Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the founder and head coach at Straight Shot Training, a personal training company that helps people of all fitness levels build strength and confidence both in and out of the gym with focused workouts and expert coaching. This episode was so terrifying of an endeavor to approach alone that I enlisted the help of Straight Shot coaches Delaney and John as we walked through the haunted graveyard that is the world of health and fitness trends. From high fructose corn syrup to rounded back deadlifts, we're digging into some of the scariest topics we could bear to get through. Listeners beware. This is an episode that may shock and disturb you, especially when I unveil an insane diet that is so truly horrifying it'll shake you to your core worse than a five-minute plank hold. Throughout our candlelit walk through the muscle mausoleum, we hope to cure your fear of some lifts and foods commonly villainized by the local townspeople, much like a misunderstood Mary Shelley novel creature. We'll also give you a ghost tour of the most ghastly diet and coaching trends we've seen and wrap up the entire episode with a fun game of which Halloween monster would compete in which strength sport. So grab your trick-or-treat bucket and get ready to fill it with some fitness knowledge treats with this spooky and laughter-filled episode from some of your straight shot coaches in our first episode recorded in our new studio. All right, so everything that we've got on the topic pile today is all kind of spooky, Halloween-themed. We're going to start off here with our picks for what lifts people should not be afraid of. John stares at Delaney waiting for her okay, to get hers. Okay. Um, deadlifts. <laughs> deadlifts. Now, let's take this a step further. Deadlifts with a rounded back. Should people be afraid oh, of doing um, a deadlift with a rounded back? Not as much as they have been. <laughs> yes. John? Weighing on the deadlifts? Weighing on the deadlifts. Rounded back deadlifts. Not inherently terrible. Right? It's like, I've trained, I've trained some people where just due to either birth defects or other, like, conditions with their spine, their spine will never straighten out, or that might be the way a person is optimally braced. Right? I'm not going to coach somebody to do that, but yeah. hey, getting to know somebody, like, maybe that's the best way they can move. And there's also numerous like elite level power lifters who they pull eight, 9,000, they pull eight, 900 pounds with a round, slightly rounded back. It's, yeah. It can be fine. It, I think it comes down to like the person's personal exercise history, what the load is and what their programming is like. I mean, if they're completely trashed from lifting that week and their deadlift normally is a flat back and they're deadlifting with a very rounded back by Friday, maybe you need to take the weight down because they're not able to support it. But you got to know that person's history, know what their current training program is, how they best pull. But still, I don't think it's the end of the world if your background's on a deadlift. Exactly. I, not, can't, yeah. I can't say that it is always a terrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. And your spine is made to move more than people realize. Yes. Obviously, though, you're going to create better tension if you keep your spine in the same position throughout the lift. But there's some neutral as a range. Yeah, there's a it's yeah, it's it's there's a little bit of wiggle room. Yes. Yeah. All right, so that's deadlifts. John, uh, another lift that somebody shouldn't be afraid of. So, personal favorite of mine, um, I'm gonna say like lifting heavy sandbags or atlas stones straight off the ground with a high high hips and a rounded back. 
Okay. So yeah, same thing. Cause you, you can't, I remember the first time that I tried to lift an Atlas stone and you were helping me with it. And you told me you cannot lift an Atlas stone with a flat back. It's <laughs> not possible. It, if it's a heavy enough weight to be a challenge for a person, it is not possible. Like I lift a near max maximum stone or you see any like world level competitors, like your back always rounds. Yeah. You get somebody coming in the door who is in their fifties and sixties. And dude, this is, Picking up a big bag of dog food, picking up a grandkid, picking up an Atlas stone that's so heavy and makes your eyes water and you nearly pass out. <laughs> Given your strength levels and your training history, like a rounded back has to happen. It is totally fine. It's like just so it's a braced rounded back. It's a braced rounded back and your hips have to be low. Like one of the scariest things I see is somebody trying to lift a heavy stone or a sandbag with their hips low like a squat. I'm like, that's where you're gonna get hurt. Oh, you said your hips have to be low. You mean your hips have to be high. If your hips are dangerous, hips are low, totally safe if your hips are high. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so it's a, it's a braced, rounded back, and then once you pull like the stone in against your stomach, your back is rounded, but you are, you're braced against an object. Yeah, the stone is providing all the support for your back, so you have to have a rounded back, and it's safe. Like, yeah. You're, you're leaning into the stone. Now, and again, we're not going completely in the opposite direction, saying it's okay that you come in here and you look like a dog having a bowel movement <laughs> deadlift. Obviously, no, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, question, <laughs> the question mark deadlift. It's like you're uh, you're you're done with that. Yeah, Let's go ahead on to something else. <laughs> but I don't think. Yeah, like you said, it's 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 something that's that scares people, and they're told you know, never let your background. Uh, there's some wiggle room here, and also depends on how heavy the lift is and how strong you are in comparison to it. And then, does your back change angle in the middle of that lift? Uh, my lift, that I don't think people should be afraid of, is behind the neck presses. I was always taught that that will instantly tear your rotator cuff until I got in, into weightlifting and weightlifters do lots of behind the neck jerks and, and snatch grip presses, oh, a ton of them. <laughs> it's and also the only way that I'll ever have somebody do an overhead squat, like from the rack. Oh yeah. You oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the only yes, way. Yeah. <laughs> Front, I've seen that and that's a quick, yeah. hey, let's just shut this down. Right now. Yeah. I don't want you to get hurt. I, yeah. But I think it's one of those things that if you don't have the mobility for it, if you can't externally rotate your shoulders to that point, that typically people were saying, well, don't do behind the neck presses because if you lack the mobility for it, it could really tear up your shoulders. Okay, but then shouldn't you then address why the person doesn't have the mobility to be able to press completely vertically, right. like over their head? So I think it's one of those things that, yeah, maybe be afraid of it if it's causing you pain. Actually, maybe don't be af afraid. It's not of afraid. It. Just yes. realize it's it's a thing that, it's a movement that almost every person can do, but not everybody can do it immediately. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Also, if you struggle with keeping like any type of overhead movement or press, if you struggle with keeping it, it um, like over, like over your ears and your shoulders and it drifts forward, behind the neck presses are a great way to train you to actually use your back at the top of a press oh, instead of just coming true. out. The oh, I had a friend that did that. Like her Olympic coach was running on her on that for like, through like two, three months. Yeah. 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 Like the heaviest lift she was doing was behind the neck. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Foods people shouldn't fear. Oh, Don't be afraid get, of these foods. I'm going to get this one first. Get, go yeah, for it. Go. That gigantic 1,500 calorie, seven kinds of chocolate cake. <laughs> <laughs> and so why don't you think, why do you think it's not as scary as people think? Because eating a disturbingly high amount of calories and saturated fat and what, like, is there cholesterol on that? Maybe. Oh, there's got to be, yeah. 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 that much, like, you know, a few times a year, totally fine. Not gonna set, not gonna set your yeah. diet plan, not gonna set your meal plan off one bit. 
every week. Well, it's a really bad idea. Yes. <laughs> but so you're, so it's not even, it's but not like f- for a birthday, like a birthday party, go for it. New Year's, go for it. Retirement. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Like three or four times, go crazy. Don't even worry about it. If you track everything, just let it go. So it's not even just like, don't be afraid of this food, but also don't be afraid to go over your calories. If it's a once every once in a while thing, it's just be honest with yourself. Of how often is this really happening? Yeah. yeah. Is it so few times that you can remember them in a year? You're fine. Yes. Yeah. If you start having to, if you start having to pause and think and really deeply recall, okay, it's too often. The, the baker knows you by name and has the chocolate cake waiting for you when you walk in. You're probably having it too often. Yeah. yeah. Delaney, what's <laughs> yeah. your pick? Um, mine might be a little bit controversial, but I'm going to say beef and meat. Okay. Um, now, obviously, if you're nobody's afraid of that. <laughs> Nobody that I am ever going to voluntarily talk to. <laughs> well, fair. Um, now, obviously, if you're like a vegan or a vegetarian because of moral issues or like your own personal health issues, like if you just don't tolerate beef or meat, well, that's completely different. Because um, you want to do what's best for your body and you want to do like if you really are against like anything with um, like eating animals, like that's totally different than what I'm talking about. But okay. um I know there's like a whole, especially right now, there's like a whole thing. John, <laughs> sorry. John's like trying to sneak and get coffee. Everything <laughs> echoes in here, as you can hear. It's not very sneaky. So, so, so what you're saying, there's a whole thing going on right now with uh, what? Oh, with beef and how, and I won't really get into this too much. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Controversy, beef, something oh, about it. Oh, thank you. Um, about how beef is like super super bad for the environment and how beef is like really bad for your body and like some other meats but if you source your beef from a really credible source like a local farmer um or someone that really works with the environment around where you live you can get really really high quality beef that's a really clean um b actually is good for the environment because you're supporting that local agriculture um and c is going to be way better for you than like just a random pack of ground beef you're going to pick up in the store that's like from a mass farm yeah um so i think as long as you're careful of where you source your meat i think you really really like i think there's a lot more fear out there than there really should be about beef and meat beef I, and I guess this the the tricky part with it is that any study that's done on red meat, they're not showing, well, where is it coming from? Yeah. And they're also saying people who consume red meat. Well, red meat consumption can vary. If you eat any red meat, technically you're consuming red meat. But there's a big difference between having a serving several times a week or once a week or a couple times a month versus a person who is eating beef every single day and they're getting it in the form of a frozen reheated McDonald's hamburger. Right. So that's the, the trouble with it. So when you look like just using empirical evidence, people who eat the least amount of red meat and the least amount of meat in general live longer, healthier lives. But you're compa- you're not comparing apples to apples. You're comparing meat eaters to non-meat eaters, but you're not comparing the people who are trying to either eat meat in moderation or the people who are eating lots of meat from animals that are raised in a healthy manner that are actually giving back to the environment by fertilizing the soil and right. the whole circular process through yeah. that. So, you know, I get what you're saying really humane, that. like much more human. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So next one on the list here. Oh, wait, you didn't give your food. Oh, I didn't get my food. Oh, yeah. my food is soda and high fructose corn syrup. I think that I used to think that high fructose corn syrup was like the worst thing that you could put in your body. And I used to think it was addictive and that soda would would kill you. And I 
don't think that's the case. I don't personally like it. I think it's a terrible way to drink 45 grams of carbohydrates. Think about that. 12 ounces, 45 grams of carbohydrates. The sugar, the, like, the volume of sugar. But just, it, but, but so think about 40, 45 grams of carbohydrates. What would you rather spend that on? Pasta. Right? <laughs> John, 45 grams of carbohydrates. What would you rather spend that on instead of a soda? Coffee roll, a donut? Right? Okay. So some, yeah, I think there's a, there's a million other things that taste better than soda. But if somebody wants to have a soda, and it's a very rare thing, I don't think that the problem is the soda. I think, though, that the problem with high fructose corn syrup and soda is the, is the economics behind it. Because you can make soda so cheap because you're using high fructose corn syrup that people who who are maybe in lower income areas where soda is cheaper than bottled water will be buying soda. So I don't think the fear behind it should be, I don't think you should be afraid of soda or high fructose corn syrup, but I do think that uh, you should be afraid of the fact that water is more expensive than soda in some places. Delaney, diets that should scare you. Um, This is completely ridiculous, but I remember we learned about it when I was in college and I took a nutrition course. I remember learning about it. It's called the baby food diet. Love this. Um, it was probably the worst thing I've ever heard in terms of diets. Like, I don't like keto either, but it was definitely worse than keto. It was um, where people try so hard to lose weight that the baby food diet is where, like, grown adults will just consist off of baby food, and that's all they'll eat. I mean, nothing but? Nothing but. And, and I guess water, um, which is... So unhealthy for so many reasons. Kind of wild. I can't even get into it. But like, biggest problem is bowel movements. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, motion. <laughs> that too. But um, I'm not down for I this conversation. I don't support anything that is involves drastic taking very very drastic measures measures just to either gain or lose a specific amount of weight. Like you have to be within yeah. healthy parameters. I have, um, and I've known of people to, and people in fitness, like competitive athletes where, Hey, baby food in the fridge. So as soon as you finish training or like in a gym, like you eat a little jar, like a jar of baby food to get some food in just as you're about rolling into the shower or heading out instead of as an alternative for a protein shake or something mm-hmm. like that, like down with that idea. But yeah. subsisting but entirely on all baby. of it. Yeah, no. See, oh, that baby food, that means you're not getting any solid food. Yeah, at all. But see, baby food pouches like they they make like they, most of them are like applesauce based. So you like applesauce, yeah. broccoli, and whatever in it. But they have a really long shelf life. So like if you're like on a trip or hiking, you don't have access to refrigeration. You could actually have baby food with you yeah. as a snack as part of your food. But part of your what I used to do is if we were on a trip or something, I would get baby food. And like beef jerky and nuts, so I yeah. could still because I still felt like I don't kind of want some vitamins here, <laughs> so I would have that along with it. But no, definitely not just just the baby. Higher diet, yeah, that's. I know John doesn't want to get into. It, but I really want to understand how these people's digestive systems worked. Yeah, I, I just don't, don't want the graphic details of the results. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got it. Also, grown adults are not meant to eat something that is specifically engineered for babies. Like complete, like they're not meant to just consider just, just yes, that. just yeah, off that's, of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, next thing. Moving on from from fear, uh, <laughs> uh, let's get into recovery killers. Uh, give me one or two things that you think kill absolutely kills someone's recovery. They spent so much time in the gym working on their fitness, but they're doing this to themselves to sabotage it by 
under recovering or not recovering at all. Yeah, got a lot of rain. This is a nice spooky soundtrack in the background. <laughs> all right, so what do you think is killing people's recovery? Um, really poor sleep, and I am one of them. Oh. So Grand sorry. It. No, no, no. As I, you I, go, I, as you, I, I got gonna, weird ones ready to go. To. And I'm the only one not drinking coffee right now. Now John <laughs> has been up since like four four forty five. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, okay. Poor sleep. Yeah. John. Uh, oh my god, I blanked. I'll go with alcohol. I think that okay, that was a real low hanging fruit. I did a, fruit I did a, and I did you guys a, aren't even trying. Yeah, I did a whole episode on alcohol, but to the to the point of where and like, how joyful and amazing it is in moderation. Absolutely, <laughs> but if if you just when you understand what it does to protein synthesis and recovery, you will never have a drink again on the day that you work out. Yeah, I think if you're going to have an alcoholic drink, have it on a day when you don't work out. Because, because of what, what I'm doing, that's what I'm doing later this week. Excellent. There we go. <laughs> Having a bunch Excellent. of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me think of something else. With sleep. I mean, poor diet is kind of a, an easy one. I think lack of movement. I think people will train so hard. I was going to get into that one in pretty good detail. Go for it. I'll let you take that. So, one. being lazy the day after a really hard training session, it happened yeah. to me a few months ago. I might have even told you about it, Johnny. That like I was doing this really high volume squatting as part of my conjugate um, training for a while and it got to the point where it was like a ridiculous amount of squat volume on a Friday and then I was uh, I didn't do a single thing I think besides maybe make breakfast and laundry on Saturday and then Sunday I was hanging out with a whole big group of friends doing nerd stuff drinking some beers and I was hobbling around like an arthritic penguin (laughs) Because, like, I was actually having to move myself around by grabbing the large, like, wargaming tables. (laughs) Every step was a, oh, oh God, oh, oh no. (laughs) But it's just, it's, I I have found out the hard way many, many years, many, many times that you have to keep moving, no matter how sore you are. Just walking around, live your normal life for the day, and it's going to help drastically reduce your soreness. All right, next one. Coaching trends that we would like to bury. This is we're going to set up a graveyard for coaching yes. trends. I'm going to I'm going to hit this one. You go first. Go for it. <laughs> Calling everything functional. Ooh, everything. Absolutely everything. That's a great one. Including it in the name, including it in your training methodology, yep. saying that everything you do is functional or saying this particular movement that you're demonstrating on Instagram or you're trying to get people to come in and do is functional. Yeah. No. So I like to I, I like to when I'm coaching somebody training them doesn't matter the context I like to occasionally point out like hey this is a very direct application movement you're doing right now there, there are a lot of stuff that there's a lot of movements that you'll do in the gym that have that are not directly applicable to your life but they make you better at moving so yeah. simplest on that is one of my favorites sandbag loading okay pick up a heavy thing on the floor that's a it's not a barbell it's a thing that's like a big bag or a big atlas stone. That's just you picking up your dog, picking up your heavy groceries. Do, do kids pe- do people pick up kids? I don't know. People pick up kids. I don't, I, don't, I, don't yeah, I don't have any kids, so I don't know about that one. I'm saying you don't have kids without saying you don't have kids. Delaney, coaching trend that you would like to bury? Um, using, or I'm sorry, getting, no. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to word it. Um, using a really, really, really complicated exercise or complicated program to get you a result that you would get 
better with something that's really simple or that's a straight shot to your goals. Oh, oh God, no. We got to cut that. Dude, you already work here. You know what? This isn't an interview. You already got the job. Delaney, I think maybe a more succinct way is unnecessary complications. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And this um, is coming from the dude who does conjugate programming. Yeah. Like simple. Everything is a banded chain. Yes. Simple is like almost always going to be more effective and even yeah. though it doesn't look as flashy, like especially on like social media, or it might not look as flashy with like maybe new clients, it's really going to be super effective for most people. I mean, there are like certain exercises that you can do. <laughs> Why you're moving farther away from Sorry. the mic as we go? She's scared of the mic. Um, <laughs> there are like obviously you may want to do something a little bit more complicated than just the basics, especially so you don't hit a plateau. You do want to change things up every now and then, but. Um, you definitely don't want to ever like abandon the basics and do like an exercise with like eight different bands tied to like eight different points on your body. Okay, I was about to be offended there. What? Oh, no. <laughs> um, like, yeah. So, um, yeah, because that's a trend that I've seen that I would rather like not <laughs> see <Yes>. again. <laughs> Uh, mine would be, and this might be controversial because I know John likes to repost these things. Oops. I, <laughs> I can't stand the coaches holding whiteboards and signs with things on them. But, and it originally came from the dude with a sign account, where this guy stands outside in New York with this with his cardboard thing. Oh, oh I do repost that one occasionally. I like okay. that. I That's like funny. that. One. But, but his whole thing is is to me, it's like just let people do what they want to do. Like you're holding up a sign saying, like you know, no one should like this thing. No one should do this thing. Or the coach with the whiteboard is stop telling people to do this. Stop telling people to do this. Stop telling people to do this without any context of why a coach might be doing that or why an athlete might be doing yeah. it. It lacks context. Are you saying it's usually complicated? It's way more complicated. Like yes. all training. They are. They are. Yes. They are over. So like you said, people are overcomplicating things. I think there's also going the opposite direction where people are oversimplifying things. Yeah. And it's catchy and it's fun because they have this board telling people what to do. But I think that it, to other coaches, like, it's funny for us to see. But I think it's very confusing for clients or members or athletes to see because they're just seeing discord among coaches of, well, why can't I do that exercise? Or why can't I do that this thing? Like, shouldn't we just be getting people to move? I think it's very elitist when you tell. I think people need to just let people do things and stop telling people to stop. All right, let's roll into the last one here because Delaney's got a client coming up and this is the one we've been looking forward to here. Which classic monster or creature, Halloween creature, would perform best in what strength sport? So you have your choices of weightlifting. Yeah, Delaney, get that list. Olympic, yeah. Olympic weightlifting, snatch and clean and jerk. You have powerlifting, which is max, one rep max on bench, press, squat and deadlift. Strongman, which can be just about anything, and CrossFit. So of those four, who are we going with for weightlifting, Olympic weightlifting? Yeah, Delaney, you weigh in on this one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I think um, a ghost, probably for Olympic weightlifting, either a ghost or a mummy. For sure. Really? Why any of that? Because okay, a ghost on. is We're non a lot more time than I thought on this one. Okay. Because I was thinking for, for weightlifting, I was thinking vampire. I think the personality of a vampire lends itself more to the personality of a weightlifter. <laughs> I think he is, he is very calculated. He thinks things through. Uh, and also older. The, 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 older, he's experienced. Oldest, yeah. Like hundreds of thousands. 
not yeah. a lot of not a lot of brute strength, more technique I strength. Cha- I changed my mind. So last why night. are you saying mummy? I feel like mummies lack the mobility needed for. Yeah, every yeah. portrayal I've seen of a mummy is stiff. Generally, except for the classic Brendan Fraser movie, love that he is coming back. Um, <laughs> love that man. Yeah, like in the the mummy and that, like Imhotep was. Well, I would say ghost. It'll move fast. Okay, a ghost. Ghost because it's because there's no physical form. What? <laughs> Ghosts are non-physical. Oh yeah, well, I guess. But they can move things. <laughs> so be like, there's no body to get in the way. So there's no pesky hips getting in the way of that barbell uh, moving straight up. Right. You're talking about yeah, vertical yeah, bar pads. Yeah, I thought like, that's what you were like, bidding at. Go- well, I feel like ghosts would be able to control the bar more than any other of the monsters. Because okay. there's no physical like they form. Could, they could. They could get that timing down. They could calculate yes. it. And also, ghosts have been there and done that. They have the experience. They've That's, been alive. Yes. And they know how... Like, and there's they, nobody trying to hunt them down and stake them like a vampire. Sure. Uh, I don't know how that works, but sure. <laughs> I really don't know a lot about all the... See, okay, I, so we could do another podcast. I, also, I could just go I also thought vampire because most weightlifting gyms do not have mirrors. So a vampire would feel <laughs> They wouldn't feel funny. awkward. They wouldn't feel awkward. Yeah. yeah. Right? And they're also, and a lot of times they are like random, like hole in the wall places that have no windows. Yes. So, so 6 a.m. training right. session? Cool. Yep. I also feel like ghosts would be the most mobile because they're air, so they could just get themselves in any position they need yeah. to to make the lift. Yes. Yep. Okay. <laughs> but power. I really don't know a lot about the monsters, so my answer yeah, might it, not be great. So we, we yeah, the monsters we're, we're choosing from are Frankenstein's monster, werewolves, vampires, ghosts, mummies, Witches, zombies, Grim Reaper, uh, or Goblin. So that's kind of what I pulled, Mm -hmm. like classic Halloween monsters. Um, For powerlifting, I'm guessing we got to go Frankenstein's Frankenstein's monster monster or werewolf. No, yeah, I said Frankenstein monster. Frankenstein monster. No, he's strong man. No. Yes. No, no, no. Werewolf. (laughs) No. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I have fiction. I have. I have like a ten book series to back this up, where one of the main characters (laughs) is. The inspir- Mary Shelley's inspiration for Frankenstein's monster, monster, <laughs> where <laughs> monster, where one of the opening scenes, dude is slamming through six hundred pound bench press reps before he goes into his job with the federal government. Okay, <laughs> he's a fed, and I do think you're right because honestly, uh, strong men I think have better mobility than power. Lifters. There's far more mobility, and it's that yeah. it's that adapting to an odd unusual environment or lift so power lifting and generally any like even the, the portrayal I'm talking about like like Frankenstein's monster it's not good mobility it's a little bit more slow and deliberate yeah. but extremely strong so power lifting yeah you want to be fast but your max effort lifts are not going to end up looking fast and and Frankenstein's monster has enough of a heel lift that his squat should be pretty decent with his oh, yeah. boots that he's wearing. Well, and if there's any ankle mobility issues, you can just remove the legs and put some new ones on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I really parts. don't know enough about any of these monsters. And he, I have and no he idea re- what he we're can replace about. his arms with much shorter arms. All you need is really, really, really tiny little yeah. arms. Yeah, okay. okay so and Frankenstein... if the legs are super long, you can just go sumo. True. Okay, so we go Frankenstein's monster for powerlifting. Strongman, you're saying werewolf? I'd say werewolf. I mean, most strongmen that I know pretty much look like werewolves, the hair-wise, beards. More or less more hair, or less. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be rough when you get tacky all over your werewolf chest, but... Uh, well, I figure with the claws, you can just dig those uh, into the stone. Yeah. And then because you also, you can shape change, you like, you compete and train as this, you know, 800, 1,200-pound beast. Okay. And then you just change down and all of the hair all so you the fur, weigh like, in away. you weigh in as human. human form yeah 
and then you wait for you. So you just got to time all your competitions. So you just roll. You just roll it like you know six foot six foot two. You're like the two thirty one class. Yeah. You weigh in, and then as you like show up, and you like cool. I'm like six or eight hundred pounds of <laughs> solid like rage fueled muscle. <laughs> okay, uh, and then CrossFit. Oh, I can um, go after that. Okay, I was gonna say mummy because they're all wrapped in KT tape anyway that <laughs> <laughs> they already look like mummies. But <laughs> and we're, and we're, we're obviously just, just oh, yeah, having yeah. Like, fun this with is, this. It's also uh, how yeah. I started. Yes, no, like, and, and I, I have a lot of background crossfit as well. But no, I would probably say because of the uh, the zombies, typically in movies now, they're not just like walking around, they're sprinter zombies. But they're also, they can climb, they can crawl, they can run. They Sometimes can... they actually have dexterity to open doors. Yes. So it's like, so there's I a lot of... Variety. Oh yeah, they'll just go for, yeah, they'll just do whatever's in front of them with surprising new movements thrown in to terrify everyone around them. So I think, yes. So I think zombies for CrossFitters because of the basic well-roundedness of a zombie's fitness level, I yep. think... I can't. Nice. And out of all of them, and out of all of them, they're going to be the ones that are going to terrify you. When I didn't know they could climb ropes, and they can climb oh, ropes. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. out of all these strength athletes, it's going to be crossfitters who are like scrambling Climbing. up ropes. Yeah. Yes. Which yes. is quite honestly fun. Yeah. It is always fun. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Sweet. All right, Delaney, we got to get you into your session here, and we'll okay. go ahead and roll. Thank you all. You guys did awesome. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening today. As you can probably tell, we like to have fun here at Straight Shot. Now, our semi-private personal training sessions are led by Coach John and Coach Delaney that you just heard, along with Coach Bailey, who we hope to have on the show here soon. And these small group personal training sessions are an absolute blast every session. It's groups of three to four people with their coach, and the workouts are individualized to each person's fitness level and exercise history. And everything that you do in these workouts is all logged on our app so we can make sure that you are making the progress that you want in the gym so you can live the life that you want to outside of it. Now, if you're interested in training with us here at our studio at 8411 Broadband Drive in Frederick, Maryland, or with Coach Megan down in North Carolina at Kinetics Physiotherapy and Performance in Mount Holly, or if maybe you don't live anywhere near us and you're looking for progressive programming with the accountability from expert coaches, head over to straightshottraining.com and use any of the contact forms over there to reach us. You can also find us on social media using the handle at straightshottraining. Thanks again for listening and have a great week, everybody.